Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. All right, hello, hello. How you doing? Hey, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Hi, how are you? How are you? How are you? Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. So we're going to invite our, our ushers to come forward uh, to give an offering together. Um, if you haven't been here, uh, if, it's, if it's been a little while since you've been here, you've got to pay double. Uh, this, this just is a time for any of us who consider this place to be home, our, our church home. And uh, if you've been here for a while, then I trust that you've come to know that we take this money and we use it to win souls for Jesus Christ, is what we do with it. Um, it's kind of obvious, I think it's not that fancy around here. <laughs> And so um, I believe that we are, are, are found trustworthy in seeking and saving the lost and that we are found trustworthy in helping the people who need help. And so uh, this is an opportunity for us to give towards that. Um, if you would pray with me, that would be fantastic. God, thank you for that time of worship together. Thank you that uh, some people say, uh, you showed up. It's one of those times where uh, a lot of us can just feel your presence. We know that you're a part of it. And God, we, we just want more of it. So we say, come Holy Spirit, even during this message, that uh, if, if people are in, his, in these seats today who have never, uh, they're not sure about this, they haven't felt you before, they haven't heard you, they haven't uh, experienced your presence, I want them to experience it today. I want them to feel it on the back of their neck. I want them to feel uh, warm sensations throughout their body. I want them to have an awareness of you like they haven't had before. I want them to be keenly um, just aware that you are here. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Just bless this offering. And thank you for the work that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks. They are going to pass those things along. And before we jump into everything, um, just one quick reminder that uh, Tuesday, 6 p.m., um, we're, we're going to be doing soup and what, Christine, what are we calling it? We're doing soup on Tuesday and Pastor Minor will be preaching. Pastor Minor from Lavinia will be preaching. This is at 6 p.m. Uh, for the soup, right? Or is it 7 between 6 and 7 p.m. Excellent. Soup and teaching. Come for one or the other or both for free. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to jump into some things. I, I am... Uh, there, there's this thing that's going... I have... Uh, thankfulness that's washing over me. Um, I'm thankful for prisoners who have been set free. I'm thankful for families that have been brought back together. 
Thankful for Jason that he's got a year sober tomorrow. I'm thankful that we have healings that have taken place that really don't make any sense in a natural way. Uh, people who had a limp before, but they don't have a limp now. <laughs> I'm just thankful for, I'm thankful for a lot of you. I'm thankful for those of you in this room who don't even know if you believe any of this at all, and yet you came. Uh, today I want to talk to you about forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is a, is a huge one, um, and so this Today, we'll, we'll title the teaching, Please Forgive Me. Please Forgive Me. Um, to start, I'll just tell you a quick story. When I was 15 years old, uh, yeah, right about 15 years old, um, I started dating a girl who I was in science class with. Uh, she sent me a letter. It was funny. Um, I had this, I'm a people pleaser, and so I just had to go out with her. I did not want to. I did not like her. I did not want to be, I did not want to, this was a bit, but I couldn't say no. That seemed like impossible, impossibly hard to say no. I'd rather just eventually marry this lady. But. I started dating her and it got worse after we started dating. I found out that not only was she unattractive to me, her personality was even uglier. It was rough. I was in trouble. I had to get out. I didn't know what to do though and I was just a scared little boy. And so I did what a lot of scared little boys do. Um, I pretended that I was no longer dating this girl. Uh, if I had to give up going to school, I was going to do that, um, whatever it took. Uh, but basically, I stopped answering my phone. Um, I can only imagine if text messaging was a thing at this time. Uh, but I stopped answering my phone. I ignored it until it went away. Uh, voicemails were starting to pile up. They were getting more and more angry as they went on. Um, and basically, I pretended to have never been in a relationship with this girl for the rest of my life. Um, I just kept going. And I heard from her friend, her friends that, you know, yada yada, she wanted to kill me. Um, I was the worst. And I'm like, yeah, I agree, that was terrible. Uh, years later, though, about, about maybe eight years ago, um, there was this thing that where it would all the time it would pop up. You know where you're laying in bed at night and you think everything, oh, today was a pretty good day. And you get the covers up and it goes, remember what you did to that girl? Does that happen to anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> these things, I have a lot of these things. <laughs> a lot of these things where I messed up big and did something. So they pop up and I'll go through different phases where I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm going to fix some of them. I'm going to repair some of these then. I, it, because what I found is that if you repair them, that, it leaves. It's gone. That thing never comes back again if you fix it, if you work on it. And so I contacted this girl on Facebook. 
Um, it didn't really go as planned, though. Um, we'll, get, we'll get back to that story later. Okay? <laughs> we'll see how much time we have. Uh, anyways, all of us, though, we make, we make mistakes, right? We have sins, past hurts, missed opportunities, failures in our history that we just wish never happened. Uh, sometimes we want a clean slate. Uh, that term comes from an actual piece of slate that they would write on with chalk. And, but you know how chalk is. You wipe it off, and you're like, I can still see exactly what that said for a long time. Like, I have to scrub this thing like crazy. And, and so a lot of us will want this clean slate, and we'll feel like we did something to get rid of our past mistake or failure. We wipe it off, and we're like, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody can still read that. They probably can, and it probably gets whispered to you late at night. Any of you have something stuck on your slate right now that you've wiped off a few times, and you're like, why, why can I still, why do I still see, I'm, I'm a smart lady, I'm a smart guy, why can't I get rid of this thing? Why can't I let go of this thing? I'm going to take a wild guess that the answer is Forgiveness. The answer is forgiveness, and it could go in multiple different directions. Um, and it, a lot of times, if I'll talk to people and say, do you have some kind of unforgiveness towards someone? They'll say, no, not at all. But I can talk to them for 30 more seconds and immediately find one, two, three people that they're harboring unforgiveness towards. And they have no idea that they're doing it. That somebody will be, you know screaming at the, the ref at a Little League game, and you were going, huh, this guy really loves Little League baseball. <laughs> is it that, or is there something else that was going on that, that set it off? Do you have any grudges that you're holding on to where you're harboring unforgiveness? Or a past hurt that happened to you where you're fully justified in being P-I-S-S, duh, about it, fully justified, but, um, uh, or maybe you had an embarrassment where it was totally your fault, completely, it was completely your fault, you blew it, this was your failure, um, maybe you're like me and you had a failure where it was, you ran away from a problem instead of fixed it, um, you just hid from something. Or maybe you always hide from whatever problems come up. What's, what's like dirty on your, your slate, but what's dirty on your soul? Like what is dirty on you? I have so many things that I've worked on and cleaned off of my soul over the years. Things that were just, I mean, mine, mine was rough. It still is. But... I've learned that I can, I can actually go after things and take them off. What's keeping your soul from being clean? You guys know what dropping dirty is? Dropping dirty is where you fail a drug test while you're on probation. That's where you drop dirty. You're, you know what I mean? Riding dirty. I see lots of people... Sing this cool song. <laughs> Riding dirty means that you're driving around with at least a felony charge worth of drugs on your person. <laughs> That's riding dirty. No what about, yeah, no license? How do you know? 
Sorry, sorry, it's my sister. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about the thing that I, I think makes a lot of souls dirty. And, and you don't even know it. Like, have you ever, um, have you ever noticed that if, if you have a black car, um, every little thing shows up on that black car, right? Every little fleck of dirt. If you have a white car, you're like, I don't know, I don't get it. This thing never gets dirty. And you don't notice that over time that white car has turned into like a brown thing. It's disgusting. And you just didn't notice because it piles up and it, it reveals itself in a different way. Um, a lot of us have certain things that are attached to our soul that have made it dirty in that way. And I believe that our soul starts as bright white. And so a lot of us don't even notice that it's dingy. Forgiveness is one of those things that brings dinginess. Forgiving other people. Uh, forgiving ourselves. Asking for forgiveness from somebody else. I had to face a really hard question recently on one of the reasons why I was having trouble forgiving myself uh, because honestly I, it made total sense in, in scripture I could read why I should and why I should let myself off the hook but I was having such a hard time. Other people had let me off the hook. I give grace to anybody. I'll forgive anybody for, for too much. but. I was not able to forgive myself uh, whatsoever. It was just not going to happen. And I know that a lot of you are like that. And so what I found is it was a real problem area for me to experience the fullness of God, for me to, for me to, experience, for me to be able to know what, uh, what love is, those sorts of things, until I was able to forgive myself. Sometimes forgiveness comes quickly. Like, something will happen, and immediately forgiveness can take place. I love those. Um, St. Patrick, uh, we just missed him, but St. Patrick, um, one of my favorite stories from him is when he was baptizing King Angus in the 5th century, and... Uh, he was taking him through this rite of passage, this ceremony, baptizing the king. And St. Patrick accidentally stabs the king in the foot with his sword. He puts it down and he puts it right through the king's foot. And he looks down and realizes what he did. He sees blood running out and uh, he's begging for forgiveness. This king could, I mean, this king could light him up. And the, the king says, oh, what? Uh, oh, yeah, you're forgiven. I thought that was part of the ritual. <laughs> you know, like a symbol. Immediate forgiveness. I like those. Sometimes forgiveness takes a while. Sometimes it takes a while. Um, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine about 12, 12 or 13 years ago, um, he... This was a, a, silly, a silly thing, but um, I'm, 
I'm fairly covered with, with tattoos. Some are good and some are bad. Um, but I got this tattoo here that was a, it's a dove representing the Holy Spirit and some experiences that I had with the Holy Spirit. Um, I told my men's group at the time what my tattoo, I got this new tattoo. Uh, I was excited about it. I showed my men's small group. These are all brothers in Christ. Um, some of them are still in this room today. Uh, and showed this tattoo and said what it meant. And my friend Greg said, that's a stupid idea for a tattoo. <laughs> it was the, and he was like the first one to talk. Like, it wasn't like eight people were like, it's really cool. Like the first one, he's like, that sucks. Let me tell you why. And he just went into this ridiculous thing about why it was such a bad idea. He, and he was struggling with the whole, uh, you're not allowed to have a tattoo if you're a believer type stuff. Eventually we, get, we got to that part. But um, I didn't think a, a tremendous amount about it. I was like, whatever. Twelve years later, twelve years later, he contacts me and calls one day out of the blue. We're not in a small group anymore. I haven't seen him in a couple years. He says, I just got to tell you, I, I have never stopped thinking about that stupid thing I said about you being tattooed. And I'm really sorry. And now I'm covered in tattoos and you're part of the reason why and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I said it because I, <laughs> but he had something dirty on his slate for a while. And as Jesus got a hold of him, more and more and more, it became more noticeable. Like sometimes when Jesus gets a hold of you, I think it's like the dirty, the dirty white car that is dingy and you don't really notice. And Jesus gets a hold of you and he starts like writing stuff. <laughs> You're like, boo, what is that? That car is dirty. And my friend Greg had to respond. In Colossians chapter 2, it says this. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All your sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. There's a simple yet profound truth that we're going to talk about quickly today uh, that goes along with this. And that is that you can never get something clean without getting something else dirty. You can never, ever, 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 ever get something clean without getting something else dirty. It's always that transaction that takes place. Anything that you can think of that you either clean with or need to clean. A paper towel, you wipe this up, the paper towel is now dirty. This got dirty so that that could get clean. It's always that way. A chalkboard, an eraser we're talking about, we're trying to wipe off the slate, but every time we're gonna get the eraser dirty. The dirt has to go somewhere. It always has to go somewhere. No, I put it down the drain. That goes somewhere. It always goes somewhere. Anything that you can think of. So if you mop, and oh, I cleaned the floor. You dirtied the mop. You dirtied the water. You dirtied the planet. You dirtied the doing the laundry. I cleaned the clothes. Think about all the things that you got dirty in that process. A paper towel, um, a, a bath towel, a beach towel. 
any plant, animal, human uh, waste, anything that, any, whatever. I challenge you to, to find me a thing that, that you can get clean without getting something else dirty. Um, it, it's not possible that I know of. And so you can never get something clean without getting something else dirty. If you want a clean slate, if you want a clear conscience, if you want some kind of fresh start, um, the, you need to know something else is going to get dirty. Something else has to get dirty. And so you have to start asking that question, okay, what is going to get dirty then for me to get that stuff clean? Um, if you want a clean slate, fresh start, what's going to get dirty? Maybe your hands. It might be just your hands. Um, okay, my wife is, um, uh, she has dropped the hint 13 times that if I don't start helping with the dishes, um, she's not going to like me. My hands need to get dirty. For you, the thing that might have to get dirty is your pride. Your ego might have to get dirty. Uh, your big, fat, ridiculous head might have to get dirty. Your sense of, I never do anything wrong, might have to get dirty. Your, I, I'm, I would never say this out loud, but I'm kind of a perfect person, will have to get dirty. That past girlfriend that I told you about at the beginning, um, where I contacted her through the power of Facebook, and I said, hey, I don't know if you remember. But the thing was, like, right away, I'm like, of course you remember. The I am that dirtbag. Like, it was not like, I don't know if you remember me. <laughs> but I contact her, and I just spill my guts. Like, I'm so sorry. I've never stopped thinking about this. I felt horrible about it. It pops up in my head all the time. I can't believe I did that to you. You did not deserve that. Just all these, all these things. And she writes back, and she lets me off the hook. And she said, that was a long time ago. We were just kids. We were stupid. Like, you don't have to carry that around anymore. And I remember she said at the end of it, I release you. She said, I release you. My pride had to get dirty. Um, my emotions had to get messy. Any of you who know me, you know I'm a crier. There were tears that happened during this process. My, a lot of different things had to get dirty so that that situation could become clean. Um, some of you are, are addicts in this room. You're addicted to drugs or you're uh, addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to gambling. You're addicted to porn. You're addicted to, um, like, online gambling. You're addicted to shopping. You're addicted to stuff. With addicted to sugar. That one doesn't count, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Oh my God, I'm so addicted to sugar. I'm so addicted to candy. What was I talking about? Anyways. For anybody who's an addict, you have to go through withdrawal. You have to go through withdrawal. The process of withdrawals is the, the getting dirty part. 
That's the getting dirty so that you can get clean. It's a, and it is a dirty, messy, nasty process of suffering. But it's so that you can get clean. Nothing can get clean without something else getting dirty. Jesus got his hands dirty for us. He got his soul dirty for us because he figured out it was the only way for us to be able to get clean was that he would take on that, that dirt, that shame, that pain for us. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. You were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The funny thing is the whole, the, the conce- the whole concept of forgiveness uh, assumes wrongdoing, right? Wrongdoing. It assumes that, uh, like, that you've been hurt in some way or that you've uh, been burned by somebody or you've done the burning. Jesus isn't caught off guard by this. He isn't caught off guard that, you're gonna, that you'll be hurt. He's not caught off guard that you'll be a person who needs to forgive other people. He's not caught off guard by the fact that you'll be a person who needs forgiveness. John 16 says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. What I hear from people all the time is, yeah, but you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what, like, you don't know what I'm, my so-called friend, and I don't, I'll never be able to forgive them. They did an unforgivable, which I know, and some of the things, and also, please hear me right now. Some of you in this room have had things done to you that are unforgivable, that are unforgivable things, that are detestable things that are horrifying things. And I cannot tell you, I can't, I can't say it enough that uh, it's, it's, not, it's not just a thing where I say, well, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, get over it. No. What you need to hear is that however bad it was, that, that Jesus experienced it too and that he hated it more than you did. I know that in the shadow of like your hurt or pain that you have from whatever happened, um, it can feel like you are giving a gift or you're rewarding your enemy by giving them forgiveness. Somebody who's done something to you that is, is horrible and it feels like you are rewarding them. That you're, It's not a reward for your enemy though. It's not a reward for your enemy. It's, it's just a gift 
from one undeserving soul to another. That's all it is. And when you, when you understand that, that I'm an undeserving soul who, who Jesus gave this gift to, I can give it to another undeserving soul because it's been given to me. It's normal to want to hurt somebody back, to get revenge. Jesus isn't normal. That's the whole reason why we're doing this thing. If we want, want normal, why, the, why would we show up on Sunday? Like, Jesus isn't normal. We're trying to do things in a different way. And he wants us to live with a clean slate, free and clear. And I've lived on both sides. I've danced in the, in the, I've danced in the crazy parts of town. And what I've learned and seen and experienced time and time and time again is that Jesus uh, has the best interest for me. He has the best plan for my life. He has the most freedom. He has these things that are whispering to me. Remember what you did? These things disappear when I invite Jesus into the middle of whatever they are. C.S. Lewis wrote, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. To forgive somebody is to recognize that they're a human just like you are. That they're flawed, that they are imperfect, that they're capable of making all kinds of mistakes just like you are. But holding that forgiveness hostage doesn't end up hurting the other person. It ends up causing you pain in the form of bitterness and anger. It ends up causing you to be a person who's closed off. It ends up causing you to be somebody who doesn't have as many friends or as deep a friendship uh, with other people. It's, you know, if you've been wronged super hard by someone, uh, maybe it was your first husband, and now your second husband, his life sucks because of what your first husband did. Because that's still being held on to. And so this, this grudge made me think about, what, what do I have things against people where I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say normally, I have unforgiveness, but maybe you know, oh yeah, there's this person, uh, it's, we, you know, we, haven't been, we haven't been as close since dot, dot, dot. Well, what's the dot, dot, dot? That's the unforgiveness part. Holding that forgiveness hostage doesn't hurt the other person at all. Anne Lamott says in, in her book, Traveling Mercies, in fact, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. Ephesians 4 says, get rid of all bitterness, all rage and anger, Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgive, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So here, here's the, um, the thing I hear from people a lot of times is, well, I, I don't know how to forgive someone. Like, how do I forgive somebody? Um, I, I thought... Some and some of you, I've experienced this too, where I thought I forgave somebody, and then I was wishing them dead just shortly, a little while later, and I had to real. I was like, "Wait a sec, I don't think that I did that properly." Um, forgiving someone, what it means to me, 
is that you wish them well. That you wish them well. You don't ever have to talk to them again. And you might not talk to them ever again. It might be best that you not talk to them again. It doesn't mean I need to write a letter or call this person. You can just forgive them in your heart. I think it is helpful to write a letter sometimes, and then you can burn it. You know, you don't have to, because you don't have to open up anything of, I've also forgiven certain people, and I contacted them about it and said, you know what, I forgive you, and they shoved it right in my face. They said, I didn't do anything wrong. This is for you. Some of the people that you have to forgive are dead. And that's easier because they can't argue. (laughs) But wish them well and just release them. Say, I release you. Wish them well. Even if you're never a part of my life again, I I wish that the rest of your life is good. So for some of you, the challenge is to forgive another person. Forgive another person. For some of you, the challenge this week will be this. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Here's the thing... um, God has decided not to ever, 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 ever bring it up again. And you, you keep bringing it up. You keep bringing it up. Learn from it, whatever it was, learn from it, and let yourself off the hook. Let yourself off the hook. Someone else is already on the hook. His name is Jesus, and he went on there for this purpose. Let yourself off the hook. When I was in the midst of punishing myself for different things, um, one of the things that hit me really hard for some reason um, is uh, just hearing the, you know, why do I need to be let off the hook? Why should I be let off the hook? Uh, and just the, they said, because just at the very core of it, at the very core of it, you're human. Like, you're a human, and you deserve to be okay. I'm like, huh? So for some of you, maybe that's it. You're a human. At the very core of it, you deserve to be okay. You deserve to have the goodness and the gold that God has in place for you. The last one, the challenge would be to ask for forgiveness. Some of you need to ask for forgiveness. You are the one who did something and it eats away at you and you have that that guilt or shame over it um, and you're just hoping that, well, maybe if I drink enough, I smoke enough, I do this and uh, t- it doesn't, it won't, it won't work. <laughs> You need to ask for forgiveness. And what I've found is that people really, really love it when you get vulnerable. And you say, hey, you know what? I, um, my brain's real small. And I'm, I did stupid stuff. And I said something I shouldn't have. Or I did something I shouldn't have. Or ask forgiveness. Try to make things right. 
get your ego dirty and see what happens. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have been a model for forgiveness for me and for, for all of us. God, that you just, you are the king of it. You're the king. And we're your subjects. We're your kids. We're your sons and daughters. And we want to be like our dad. And so we just say, come Holy Spirit, teach us how to forgive. Teach us to forgive ourselves. Teach us to ask for forgiveness. Help us to be a people who aren't protecting our egos or aren't afraid of um, looking like we, we don't have it all put together. Help us to know that it is okay to show weakness. Help us know it's okay to to reveal that we don't have it all put together. Help us to look more like you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. I love you. I love you. I'll see you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.